You're listening to The Athletic Mind with your host, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. Welcome back to The Athletic Mind. My name is Lauren Williams. I'm one of your hosts. And originally this week, I was supposed to be flying solo, but I decided why rob all of you from an amazing conversation that I feel like we don't talk about enough. And that is the conversation between coaches that occurs away from the office, away from the rink, away from any kind of formal coaching setting. One of the more unique aspects of the job that I have now as an NCAA coach is that I'm also a roommate with one of the women that I coach with. And we often end up talking about how things go during the day while we're at home or on the way home from work. So today I thought that we might center our conversation around late night thoughts about being part of an inaugural women's ice hockey division one program. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce our conversation or my conversation, I should say, with Megan Myers. For those of you who don't already know, Megan Myers is the assistant coach of Stonehill Women's Ice Hockey team um, in our first inaugural season, and she is also a former Utica College pioneer, a former All-American in the NCAA, and how many years did you play in the CWHL? Five! She's got quite the resume going for her. So five years in the CWHL. Two years in the PWHPA? One year. So she's really done her rounds in terms of being in the women's game, coaching in the women's game. She also coached at Becker College, which COVID wasn't too kind to. But that's not what matters. This is now her second time being a part of an inaugural women's ice hockey team at the college level. And I'm super excited to introduce the conversation that we are about to have. Welcome back to The Athletic Mind. I am super excited to have this conversation because I feel like it's one that we have on a regular basis, super informally. Um, For those that don't know, Megan and I are roommates in addition to being coaches so leaving work at work is not really um easy for us at times it's not a thing no uh we bring it home a lot but i thought today given you know some of the things that we were talking about and um recent cycles that our season has been on with in terms of like performance and uh team environment and all that stuff I thought it'd be kind of interesting to just have like a really candid conversation about what it's been like with an inaugural season because you've been here before right like you've coached an NCAA team for years before this you've been there in the start of a program before so yeah how do you feel about it I feel like there's a lot of things going to this year that I expected 
to be whether like issues I don't want I don't like to call them issues because I seem like they, that's pretty negative but more like challenges and for me personally the hockey aspect of coaching was always my challenge like I'm pretty good at talking to, to student athletes and being able to relate and be able to communicate with them and help them out with whatever they're going through. But the coaching aspect was always my, my thing. Cause like I'm a hockey player and being able to translate being a player to a coach has always been difficult for me, but it's so funny, like as a coach for now two inaugural teams, something that like, I always, I forgot about then. And I still forgot about now and didn't really focus on that was gonna be an issue was like the social aspect of being a freshman, <laughs> like the social aspect of being a freshman, let alone like not, not t- let's take academics and hockey and out of the question and just think about social aspects. She's referring to teenage angst. So much teenage angst. <laughs> so We've much things that. that me as a freshman, when I got to Utica, my best friend believe it or not, was Derek Shepard. He didn't know it. He was on this great show called Grey's Anatomy and mm-hmm. he had no idea that I existed, but he was my best friend. And I spent like two months in my dorm room, just like binging Grey's Anatomy, like not doing homework and like strictly focusing on the hockey season and like didn't really subject myself to like making friends. Like I had a hard time making friends. Yeah. But like now watching freshman class at Becker and now my our freshman class at Stonehill with some transfers intermixed like I've totally forgotten about like oh yeah we coach hockey we help them achieve their dreams on and off the ice we help them be successful academically but like they have a life outside of hockey like that's <laughs> wild never yeah. thought about it but um it's true there's a social life I guess it's yeah wild is such an all-encompassing term number one you can use it for so many different things so many different things but it, it fits in this scenario um when I think of it as like you've you've been there before you've coached multiple teams I've like dabbled in it to say the least or maybe the most I've dabbled in it mm-hmm. but like hadn't had a like a full-time position until this year um and thinking about it from that perspective, it's like, you've been here before and you're struggling with this and accepting it kind of in a certain way that it's like a very important part of the year. I haven't been here before and I'm seeing it and I totally resonate with what you're saying in terms of like, we see the big picture, but they couldn't give two shits <laughs> about parts of it parts of it parts of it so like they understand I think a lot of our athletes and this isn't just in Stonehill it's like in general right with freshmen in general you're so concerned at least like my experience was how am I doing how am I fitting into the environment how am I performing where am I at in the lineup all of those things have to do with the I and like how you feel in an environment, how you're performing in an environment. And you're like starting to measure yourself against others in terms of like, where am I going to be in the future and all that kind of stuff. And then in addition to all of that, you also have the team goals and where you want to go as a team is always important in hockey because we talk about it all the time. 
but I think more so in your freshman year than any other year of college, those initial questions of like, where am I at? How am I doing are very important because you're in an environment that like, those are the things at the forefront of your mind. How do I fit in? (laughs) It's a fresh start for them. And that's something that we always said to some of our recruits. And obviously this inaugural class is like, Hey, like you're coming to college. Like this is a fresh start for you. Like Mm -hmm. this is a new start where you can start your four years and define yourself of who you want to be throughout your four years, who you want to be in life, how we can help you define who you want to be. And I feel like, I mean, I was a freshman in high school, freshman in college, like I knew what kind of person I wanted to be, but then getting in an environment where you're surrounded by other people that also have different ideals and you're part of the team, like it kind of changes, I don't know, a lot of things about how you, how you want to be. You know, I, you don't necessarily yeah. want to be the popular kid, but somehow you kind of sort of be the popular kid, or you don't want to be the person on the outside who has a different point of view, but sometimes you are, or you don't want to be the, the one who chirps everyone in the locker room, but you <laughs> find yourself, you are, are. <laughs> yeah. like, that's yeah. not a bad thing. I love chirping people in the locker room, but I don't you're know. You're not always that person. You're not always that person. And that's not, and it's, and as freshmen and college kids in general, like, but especially as freshmen, you don't understand really like if someone's chirping in the locker room and all they do is chirp you in the locker room, that's not all that that person is either. They're a lot more than that. But all you can see is that. So you want to either surround yourself with that person because that's what you think and that's what you like, but you don't really necessarily know that person. And not right. that you don't have enough time to find out who that person actually is. It's more, <clears throat> it's more like the superficial side. Like, I want to be that person. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's the social jockeying is just, it's, it's been wild. Yeah. At like the very base level of it. It's like, how do I fit in here? But how do I also make myself somebody that's desired within this community or like within the team? Like, how do I find my place? But how do I also make myself somebody that's like, indisposable or unique Mm -hmm. and that makes total sense right because like you're setting yourself up in a team or a community that's going to be there for you know for you for hopefully the next four years as a freshman maybe not um but yeah it's interesting because like you're right there's times where like you want to be the class clown but then you're not always and there's times where you want to be the really serious one who like wants to hold people accountable but then you're not always thank you for checking my apple watch um yeah because you're like so concerned about how other people perceive you that like you often forget to just be yourself when I was a freshman in college at Utica and I don't remember this very vaguely but of, of course all my teammates who are also freshmen remember me very clearly of how I was as a freshman and they constantly remind me of how I was they reminded me as they're like Vegas you were the curly-headed kid that was late to everything all you did was have extremely curly hair and you wore it down all the time and the frizz was out of control and And you you were late and you were and you were late to everything and you wore basketball shorts and (laughs) My coach often reminds me, and, and Eliza, who was at my head coach at Becker, she was a senior when I was a freshman. She often tells me, it's like, 
Yeah, like you didn't have friends until people <laughs> saw you play hockey. Yeah. And then they knew, oh man, no offense, guys. I'm not being cocky, but they're like, you got to be friends with this kid. Yeah. You got to make her feel welcome. She's going to help the team. You got to make her feel welcome. So I don't know whether to take that as a confident or like a, a negative, mm. but like, I don't want to necessarily be as a freshman be like, you have to be my friend or want to be my friend because I'm going to help the team out. I want to be taken as like a person that like, yeah, she's the curly headed kid who's late to everything. And she's awesome, regardless of how good at hockey she is. But yeah. sometimes like it's taken into context, like, oh, she's going to help me succeed. Yeah. I should help her and embrace her in the situation because she's going to help me succeed. Yeah. It's like the superficial level of like team yeah. and team support. It's, it, I always like, I think it's funny and I like comparing our two experiences because I think that we were very opposite. Like, I'm not even talking about school wise. I'm talking about the way that our freshman years went. Like, I mean, I think the only thing we have in common is that maybe we didn't make a lot of friends <laughs> right off the oh bat. Oh my God, I had no friends like for two months. <laughs> so I was like, yes absolutely you should tell that story <laughs> um but as a like a freshman in in college I was coming off of like something uh lowercase t traumatic that had happened in terms of like getting cut from my first team I just got cut from a national team I was the only player coming in that hadn't made one before um so super low confidence uh, making friends was like terrifying and um I was more concerned with like how I found my spot on the team if that makes sense mm -hmm. um where was I going with this yeah and I also didn't have necessarily like the hockey performance to back me up on that so like I was already this nervous kid that wasn't necessarily putting herself into situations where like making friends was going to be easier because I was so caught up in my own noggin of stuff like prime example um having a quote-unquote rookie party which was probably one of the most healthy environments I've ever heard of for a rookie party <laughs> I was so in my own head about like being made fun of that I totally missed the fun part of it yeah completely and totally missed it um and and then yeah like this I didn't have the the performance in games or even practices really to back me up so I'm looking at your experience as like oh well this kid's like playing really well like maybe we should be friends with her I was the kid that was like how is she here like she's not doing well in practice or she has these bursts of like playing really well she's her own worst enemy how do we help this kid right is yeah interesting it's interesting. funny that you talk about like leading into freshman year there's so many things that happen you get cut from a couple teams team canada mm -hmm. u18s right or um and I lived through months and months of college rejections where I reached out to, and I'm from Vegas, so I reached out to every NCAA coach and player, not knowing that they're like 
things you need to do to like get there or like grades you need to obtain to get there and like I'm just reaching out to like Amherst all these Ivy League schools I like have like a C average in high school I'm just reaching out to them and getting like the stronger I'm not good I'm a hockey player more so than a student at that point um (laughs) but I'm like Amherst is asking me for my transcripts I'm like I don't even know what that means like and I'm just reaching out to all these schools but I'm but I'm reaching schools closer to the end of my senior year midway through and I'm just like these are my wheelhouse these are the things that I can obtain these are grades that I can obtain these are places I feel like I could play hockey at and succeed and I'm getting rejected after rejected after rejected saying I'm not part of their plan they want to win a national championship and I'm not within that we have spot for two forwards you're not within that and then so I get the privilege of being asked to join the team at youth college and I commit and now I'm like oh fuck like I've just been rejected by all these schools and now I'm walking into a program that you know says yes to me like who like what kind of hockey player am I really yeah like is this place just taking me because they need they're, they're in dire need of a player are they do they actually know me have they seen me play like I had no idea going into my college career like where I stood and I didn't know anybody at the time yeah so like it's kind of funny listening to your story about the the you know the disappointments of being cut and then I had disappointments of being rejected yeah and then we go into having Which is the same thing yeah same thing <clears throat> and then going into like I had no friends because I think I was in my shell of like I don't know anybody I kind of barely made it here I committed in May like I'm barely here yeah <laughs> like um September October November June this was just me figuring out months of the year. Yeah, like college college <laughs> t-shirt day in high school was like May, end of May. And I barely committed right before. So I, I remember my parents express shipping a Utica College t-shirt to my house so I could wear it to college <laughs> acceptance day. Um, Which is such an American thing. <clears throat> Holy oh, yeah. cow. <laughs> we love it. You got to showcase it. NLI day. Never had one, but I heard it's an amazing thing. And I see all of our commits doing it, which is awesome. Um, Gotta love to see the commits doing it. I did it at like my billets dining room table and my mom took a photo of me in a sweater. <laughs> like I love the balloons and like, I love the celebratory idea of it. Cause it is a huge deal. Like, I think that's one of the things that our, our class, maybe this incoming class that looks over a little bit is like, you made it here. That is a very big accomplishment. I think the percentage of kids that make it from um, high school athletics to NCAA period, whether it's division three, division two, or division one is like 1%. It's very small. It's, it's minuscule. Mm -hmm. It is, it is an insane feat that you make it to this place. But then as soon as you make it, because you've had ideas of like, Oh, I should make it throughout maybe your whole senior year Mm -hmm. maybe even junior year or for some of us your freshman year of high school you kind of forget to keep that in perspective like you you fuck you made it (laughs) yeah I feel like um what are you gonna do what are you gonna do with that like you've made it now what are you gonna do with yeah I feel like as a freshman you feel like sometimes and I think we're living it a little bit is like they forget that process yeah they get here they're in the mix or we school. didn't know it when we were no freshmen. we didn't know it there's no chance um I was so lost <laughs> but like we 
forget the fact that we're a small percentage of women's ice hockey players that have made it to this level, whatever level, whether it's division three, division one, you made to play college hockey. Yeah. There's a lot of women out there that have the dream of playing college hockey or NCAA hockey, and they don't get there either. And sometimes I feel like we forget that. I feel like the girls forget that, especially when they're in a mix of everything in their lives. And they still feel like, and I felt this in college, so I don't blame some freshmen, but like, I always felt like I had to prove something. Oh, same. Um, but like, at the same time, like, to who? <laughs> like, well, yeah. And like, we to, literally- To just... yourself, you were a division one college hockey athlete. Yeah. You, like, who, you got to prove it to yourself. I'm okay with you trying to prove to yourself that mm-hmm. you can be better and that you can be the best person that you can be, the, the best hockey player that you can be. But besides that, who gives a shit <laughs> who you're proving it to? No prove it to yourself and no one else cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Life mantra. Yeah. I will stick by, I will stick by. <laughs> Everybody else is way too concerned about what's going on in their own experience. They are their own main character in their story. Main character energy. They don't have time for what's going on in your experience. And the other side of it is like, we just had this conversation with, I mean, I had it with somebody on my own and then we had a group conversation with somebody else. We literally said to them, like, who are you trying to prove it to? Are you trying to prove it to us? Because if you're trying to prove it to us as your coaches, like we wanted you here in the first place. (laughs) So there's something in that. And if you're constantly waiting to prove it to us, you're also constantly waiting for us to give you something versus take it away. You're waiting for us to say like, yes, now you're good enough versus no, now you're not good enough. And the truth is, is like, you're good enough to be here the day that you signed an NLI. Then what, how can we change that mindset? Because I've had that feeling that I have to prove myself as a division three athlete playing pro as a, as a girl from Las Vegas playing college hockey, I've felt like I've had to prove myself, but for what, like, how can we change that mindset? Like prove myself, like, I never knew who I wanted to prove myself but, to, but like, is it prove myself or do I just want to be, I don't really know. Like, again, I don't know how we change that. Cause but, I understand it. I yeah. really do. But like, start from like the the very basics of it. So you're saying you got to prove yourself because you're a kid from Las Vegas. Why can't a kid from Las Vegas be really good at ice hockey? Because it's not the norm. So you're comparing yourself to other people and to other people's experiences of Las Vegas. And nailed it. Damn it. Right? So like, you could have a kid that grows up in a third world country that plays soccer with a balled up pile of trash who like just loves the game and and plays it all the time because he loves it and before you know it like he's at the highest levels because Mm -hmm. he's just good at what he does people talk about that later because of the stuff that he had to overcome in terms of maybe not having a league to play in or like traveling huge distances to get to play but like the the weight that you carry in terms of like being a hockey player from Las Vegas in your time it's curated in your own mind like yeah maybe you didn't have all the skills coaches and like the 
18 different ice rinks to choose from to go to your skill sessions or if you had to travel to California. But like, let's let's compare the average kid from Ontario, mm-hmm. even Who's myself, yeah. right? So like, even myself, I never had a skills coach until I was in, I don't even know, like 10th grade where I started working on power skating. And then even then after 10th grade, I had to move four hours away from home. So it's like, it's, there's not a whole lot that's different, but we create these stories in our minds of like, why we have to prove something to somebody else, but why? And ultimately I think the reason is because we feel inadequate in some way, Mm. right? So like my inadequacy came not from actually being from Windsor, Ontario it came from I was never confident in my abilities I was never taught how to like recognize what I was doing well and own that I was only taught how to look at the things that I was doing poorly and then as soon as I learned how to focus on what I was doing poorly wow I got so good at it but I turned it into this narrative of like a kid from Windsor I was that kid from somewhere Mm. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm trying to think of like, as a coach hearing that, like that's, it's weirdly something I like to hear. Mm. I want to prove myself. Prove yourself for sure. Prove myself. I'd rather hear that than like, I want to prove people wrong. Because like, I want to prove myself is completely different as a coach. Like, I'd rather hear that be like, yeah, I'm not playing really well or I'm not playing a lot but I'm here and I'm working hard and I'm willing to prove myself. Awesome. Gotta love it. Yeah. Prove yourself then. Tell me what, tell me why we recruited you in the first place. Tell me why there's a space for you on our first, on our fourth, on our sixth, on our two D pair. Like, tell me like prove like whatever you need to prove to yourself. I hope I, I really do hope that you do that. Yeah. Cause I know I think the highest of all of our kids, I really do. I think they're the best human beings and I think they're the best hockey players and I couldn't have picked a better inaugural team. But like, if you are playing and you feel like you haven't proven to yourself your worth, I really truly hope that you do. Oh my God. Because we know your worth. We recruited you for what we think you're worth Mm -hmm. and not based on obviously like scholarship money or whatever the fuck, like I don't even care. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about our experience, and I think that, honestly, that's like one of the bigger assets that we have to offer as a coaching staff this year is like, we've all been there. Yep. Um, so with that in mind, what are maybe some pieces of advice that you would offer to your freshman self? If I was a freshman again? Yeah, like you're you're standing here talking to freshman Meggles who's like uh, knee deep in Grey's Anatomy. So scary. <laughs> um, first of all, I'd probably tell myself like in before you get to college, get rid of the basketball shorts you wore underneath your equipment <laughs> and probably just get like Velcro jock like everyone else. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's so it's so true um so funny that's so true it's so true um 
I loved Utica and I love, I loved Utica college for, you know, what it gave me. And I loved the college hockey program. And, um, when I got to Utica, like I was a C average student, BC student, like not very good, but like I was fully invested. Like I committed basically by seeing the rink. Yeah. I love the rink. You were, uh, you were a gamer. I was a gamer. I was like so far out to play in this rink and I'm like hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have looked at more, but I think one of the things that I would have, as a freshman, loved to know is, like, use your resources. I went to a very small school, kind of similar to Stonehill, 2,500 students, like, pretty small school, um, and I had resources everywhere, tutoring, whether it was my coaching staff, whether it was my professors, and I think utilizing those things academically would have been huge for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't understand chem. I don't know how any of our kids understand chem. I talk to them all the time. I'm I like, fully don't they're it. on the bus and they're like doing chem homework. I'm like, guys, like I am zero help. I don't understand how numbers and letters go together. It makes no sense to me. So yeah. I fell out of chem my freshman year, but like, I wish I would have, if I could go back, I would use my resources better in terms of all the things that, you know, college can give you. Mm-hmm. with tutoring and academic work and also like some just support in general I think yeah. I would have done that um socially I think you know freshman year meggles would have I wish <laughs> I would have gone out of my comfort zone a little bit more maybe put aside Derek Shepard and Grey's Anatomy and like venture out I really don't know if I want to tell a story why not I gotta tell a story because I haven't yeah. even told her any of our kids this story all right, I'll tell a story. Who gives a who? I'll tell everyone on this podcast because this is my favorite podcast on, on the internet. Um, <laughs> this is how I fr- made my first college friend. So I spent two months kind of being the curly head kid who was late to everything, didn't really have any friends, um, watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy, was feeling out of school, kind of just hung out in my room all the time and talked to my high school friends, didn't really get out much. But there was one night, it was a Saturday night, and there was an, um, an army-themed party at this at the hockey house which is basically like every sports team had their own house the hockey house for the men's hockey team that year happened to be right across campus lawn and you literally was half a block away mm-hmm. and at, all my teammates were going and I knew it was happening and I, I didn't get invited so I was just you know chilling in my dorm room but one of my I walked out of my dorm room to kind of go for a walk and I saw my teammates in their camo and in their army get up to go to this party and they're like you know Vegas like do you want to come I'm like oh this is a petty invite but sure I'll go (laughs) so I'm in like normal clothes I'm not in the outfit I should be I go to this party I don't drink so I was I was just going to this party just to hang out with people just to get out of my dorm room watching Grey's Anatomy I was on season five I'm like oh god it's getting close to the like close to you AK did we know it's going 19 season oh Um, god (laughs) but I was like I gotta get out of my dorm room so I go with this to this party um, I spent about an hour there with a couple of the other freshmen and, and you know, I have, a, I have a great time. And one of the other freshmen is like, I got to go home. I'm like, you know what? This is a good time. Like, I'll walk you home. Like, I'm sober. I'll walk you home. Yeah. So I walk her home, cross the field, and she's talking to me. And she's, she's pretty drunk at this point because, you know, college parties, sometimes people drink. And she's like, hey, <laughs> like. I'm so glad you came tonight. Like, I'm so glad you came. We've been worried about you. Like, I'm sorry we haven't put you into the folds yet. Like, 
it's just been busy, you know, college life. And I feel like you've, and I'm, I'm like, you know, like, you're right. Like, I'm glad you invited me. Like, I'm kind of feeling like a little bit better about, you know, the college scene and social scene. We had this whole conversation of how great college is and how awesome it is to have friends, how they've been wanting to be my friend, and how on the outside I am. <laughs> and I'm like, feeling good. I drop her off at her dorm room. I go back to mine and I go to bed. I'm like, oh, I feel good about myself. I got friends. Anyway, next morning, get to college or uh college Jesus Christ get to school get to school okay go to school <laughs> pack my lunch <laughs> didn't have to pack my lunch because I went to the cafeteria that morning mm. and I go to the cafeteria and the same friend that I just walked across the field with the night before was sitting at the table eating breakfast and I go up to her and I go hey listen I just want to let you know like that was like I feel I'm so glad I finally met a friend in college like that conversation meant the world to me like it was awesome and she goes Vegas what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we had a great conversation. She goes, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, God. Apparently, she was so drunk. She didn't remember any single thing I said the night before. But that conversation alone in the dining room, in that that breakfast, she's still my best friend. We still talk every day. Almost. Kind of. Sort of. But um, mm-hmm. kind of a cool conversation of, like... Freshman year is weird. Like it's just weird. It's just weird. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of figuring out that goes on. And one conversation freshman year, and one situation where you can get yourself out of your comfort zone, which I wish I would have learned a little bit earlier. But mm. yeah, absolutely. Um. Huh. That's my advice for myself: get out of your comfort zone. Don't take chem. Don't <laughs> what was the other one i said um use your resources use your resources yep those mm. are mine um ah god you give your freshman self think about your freshman self so your awkward freshman self one piece of advice it's so scary to think about I mean, you gave yourself three, so I'm going to go I did th- give myself you, three. I'm going to go with three. Um, fuck. Uh, the first one, it's okay to be a beginner again. Mm. Um, yeah. Second. I'm trying to find a way to say this. What's your beginner uh, again thing? What's my beginner again thing? Uh, beginner again. Hockey. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being a rookie again. Well, that, that, but like also, um, I don't, I don't think, and this could be just my experience talking, but I don't think that there's really anything that compare that like can, can prepare you from jumping from high school hockey to being in a top three team in the nation scenario yeah like i i joke about it with like in in some of the scenarios that we see around where we are now not with our team but like it's boys versus men it's women versus girls Mm -hmm. right like i think no matter it, it takes a really, truly special kind of person to have an impact their freshman year. Nobody told me that, right? And, and even in some of my recruiting discussions, like 
I remember being very fixated on that in terms of like, what kind of impact am I going to have? And they even went so far as to describe like the player that I was quote unquote replacing, Mm. what kind of player they wanted me to be. Um, And maybe they did do this and I just wasn't listening because I got so fixated on like the status of it all. But like, I had no idea how to become that player. I had no idea how to value growth again because in my mind I had already gone through this huge growth trajectory of like you start at the one of the worst teams in the league in the PWHL you play there for two years and you make this huge decision that has a lot of like social angst and you're leaving your family and you're going to a private school that you hate and then you leave the private school and you're playing for a top team and the PWHL like I went through it all in high school and I thought that college would be easier after that because you know you'd have your place and you'd be like set to go Mm -hmm. but of course you're always growing whether it's from high school to college college to pro or freshman year to sophomore year like you're or junior year to senior year you're growing um and like maybe somebody giving me that piece of advice of like no you're you're a beginner again you gotta figure out how to play college hockey Mm -hmm. maybe would have helped me because I struggled so much with the fact that like I had been a top performer in the league that I was playing in to all of a sudden being a kid that like my viewpoint was they really didn't give a shit whether or not I was in the lineup or not Mm. whether or not that was an accurate depiction of what they were thinking I can't say but now being a coach I highly doubt that was a conversation uh, it's not what they were talking about they're talking about like what what players are gonna give us the best this is another thing like even the the line what players are going to give us the best ability or the best chance to succeed I never saw that as like a positive thing so I was like, so you're telling me that if I'm not in that equation of the best players that will put us in a chance to succeed, it wasn't positive for those people. It was like, oh, so you're telling me that I can't help you succeed. That's, yeah. So I you're telling that. me yeah. that I'm hurting you, basically, is what you're mm-hmm. saying. So that's where, like, the beginner's mindset is, where, like, if I would have just acknowledged that, like, freshman year is going to be hard, it's going to be a lot of firsts, um, I think I would have done a lot better uh something else i've told what's the you also don't pick three because i picked three. you picked three so i, I went one. wild on my answer so um pretty rogue well number two i'll probably just go with like the thing that i tell myself every day now is nobody cares nobody cares nobody cares it's it's quite literally a personal mantra and it's not nobody cares about you it's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is like, nobody cares enough about what's going on in your personal scenario that it's overcoming their own cares about what's going on with them. So like when you have a scenario in your life that's taking up 80 to 90% of your experience, nobody else is looking at that and allowing it to take up 80 to 90% of their experience. Yep. Because they're looking at you going like, 
man, maybe that sucks. Well, I've got 80 other things on my plate, so I'm going to worry about that. Um, I remember my, uh, Milo. Milo's snoring. Dog is snoring. snoring. Dog is snoring. We're up late. Um, I remember it might've been my freshman or sophomore year where I was going out doing every extra skill session, not doing a whole lot for myself um on the recovery side of life like I was going hard all the time um if there was an extra skill session I was there there was an extra lift I was there if there was an extra recovery session active recovery quote-unquote so an extra lift I was there (laughs) um I wish that somebody would have told me to like nobody cares nobody cares like nobody's actually actively watching what numbers you're getting in the gym nobody is actually actively monitoring every single mistake that you're making in a game like tara even saying it like i don't notice single mistakes it's a recruiting mentality right but like i don't notice single mistakes i notice patterns Mm -hmm. right like even that's huge and i remember my sophomore year um one of my teammates i was in a skill session and one of my teammates told like my best friend, Annie, she goes, oh, she's just got like so much potential. Like, look at her doing this drill. Like she knows what she's doing. She's got so much potential, but she hasn't figured out a way to use it in a game yet. That should have been really positive, mm-hmm. but it haunted me the whole year. Cause I took it as like, I'm not doing something right in a game. Mm. And because I'm not doing something right, I'm not getting played. So yeah, like embrace being a beginner again, like embrace figuring it out again. And then I think honestly, the third one, we've talked about this a lot this week is like time management and sleep. I love sleep though. I love sleep. I came from being a basically 4.0 student in high school into a big 10 school where like I was well aware of the fact that we were in the top 10 party schools in the nation where our football players did whatever they could to be academically eligible same with our hockey players like it was a thing so I thought that like oh I'm in this school where I'm gonna breeze through it because I was a Mm 4.0 high school kid academic advisors Lauren my my academic advisor my freshman year mary weaver please i will never forget this lady looking at me going i don't really think 18 credits is smart you should take 12 it's the bare minimum take 12 get through them and then you can build on it from there and my egotistical ass was like no no i need to take 18 i need to take 18 so that i can be the player that's playing well and do it how do you think i did you probably didn't do too well. Um, I bet you did well, actually. I'm actually no, oh, no, no. I mean, no, I... per my standards, not very well. Uh, so I think I remember, and this is the other distorted part of it. I remember talking to one of my classmates while I was like in the thick of it. And when I think about it now, I remember thinking like I had around a 2.7 GPA. Realistically, I had a 3.1. So like, I'm still above a B, but like, you're talking to a kid that's never gotten lower than an A in high school. 
So I I got through my first semester with a 3.1. And my goal was always to have a, around a four. So like talk about nine points off the scale. Yeah, yeah. Was huge for me. Um, yeah, I didn't handle that well. That was an ego motivated decision to take 18 credits my first year, my first semester of college. Insane so stupid um yeah I don't know time management is a life skill that I feel like doesn't really get triggered I mean obviously in high school we need to understand time management that's that's part of life but Mm -hmm. doesn't really get triggered without our parents or Forcing, managing your time forcing us to manage our town ta- our time yeah um yeah I mean I can picture like I could see that with our freshmen every day I could see that with inaugural teams every day even with at Becker like managing time I mean we talked a bunch about this week weirdly in our team about naps yeah and how I mean you could probably you you knew all the stats I didn't really put the stats together but Managing your time around, say you have practice, so you have class, you have practice, you got to eat, because apparently you need to eat to live. Apparently. I've heard that somewhere, that you need to eat to live. I think that's Um, a verifiable stat. That's a verifiable stat, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's on Twitter. Um, Substance. (laughs) Yeah, you eat to live. Find Um, it on Tumblr? It's on Tumblr. (laughs) Um, You're going to have lifts in your day. So there's not a lot of time for you to study, but also be a college student and also like give back to your family and your life. Like there's not a lot of time in the day. But like, wait, pause though. Look at that from us now where we're, I'm 26 and you're 30. So we're a little bit, sorry to bring up the age. So we're, we're farther removed from it now. And we're looking at it as you're done practice at 9 a.m. You have classes from 10 to 3 or 4 max. And then you have a lift at 6 o'clock. Maybe video at 5.30. You have to eat. Absolutely. But we've seen our kids' schedules. I looked at them and I said, wow, I would have killed for that in college. Mm -hmm. Half of them only have one class a day. Maybe two right but when you're in that scenario it seems like the end of the world but now that we're older I at least look at that as like okay so I need to make sure I'm getting to bed early enough so I can wake up at 5 36 o'clock and be functioning and then after that if I have a 10 a.m I'm like making sure that I go get breakfast and I'm at class on time and then maybe after that class I'll take a 30 minute nap And maybe I'll do some homework if I've got something from that class or for the class coming up, whatever it is. Finish some reading, like 30 minute nap, then I'm going. Then I'm going to my next class. Then I'm going to video, then I'm going to lift. Mm -hmm. And for I'll give myself like two hours after I'm done lift and showering, which puts me at about 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, I'm shutting it down. That seems like a like I look at that and I'm like, what a life, what a what a great day. I I look at it now and I'm like, that is so ideal. 
your biggest thing of the day, which takes up the most time of your day away from campus is done by 930. Mm hmm. <laughs> Listen, 9 30 a.m but they're looking at it and like again to your point right like your parents manage your time so much when you're younger i remember getting home from school when i was in grade school around 3 50 like four o'clock because we were done at 3 35 on the dot and i'd walk home and pretty well like my time gauge was until my parents got home I would watch tv and just like chill out and then my parents got home and I'd start homework while they were like making dinner or whatever and then high school is a little bit different you're done at 2 20 so now I have from 2 20 until my parents get home at around 4 35 to do absolutely nothing yeah and for the first couple of years of high school I did absolutely nothing from 2 30 when I got home until five o'clock and I absolutely started doing things past 11 30 at night and then I started to notice like hmm if I don't want to be up late like where else am I putting that time I mean as a three-year-old I, I still do it so I can't even blame them but Megan you don't take five-hour naps or don't take five-hour naps I think that's wild um but I think I don't know I just think that comes with maturity I think that comes with age I think it comes with it also comes with experience experience yeah I think it comes with I think honestly, our our inaugural class freshmen are learning it now. Like I watch them all sit in the lobby of our rink and schedule classes for next semester. And the angst and the stress the in that room in was wild. Yeah, and you could see the wheels turning in their head of like, I have to manage practice in my schedule. I have to I have to manage like what class I'm gonna have like my Wednesdays are loaded. Like I have this and then I have practice and then I have class class and I have this class and then I have lift. And like, you can see the wheels turning. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to see them kind of figure out like how the next semester is going to go in terms of their time management. Um, the naps thing, like I came in lie, like I took the naps, but like, I was never a napper. I was a huge napper, but I mean, like I've heard horror stories of kids taking naps at like nine o'clock at night to ten o'clock at night, and then studying later on. Oh, like, it's wild to me. Like, just manage your time well enough. Like, plan scheduling, like time in your schedule, whether it's on your on your phone, whether it's through a paper calendar, whatever works best for you in terms of. Hey, I'm gonna. I have class at this time, but then I'm gonna go to dinner, and then I'm gonna study from this time to this time. So I'm able to go to bed this time. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. It's so funny. We went to practice this morning after you gave a great talk yesterday about sleep and how <laughs> they need at least 60 I don't hours. know about great, but like I regurgitated no, stats it was, from the internet. It was great. <laughs> and the regurgitation got through. Um, Like 68 hours of sleep. And we got to Which, practice. correction on myself, for athletes, it's seven to eight. It's a lot of sleep. Like you need at least seven hours. We got to practice this morning and they're all stretching at the end of practice. And I go, how, mu- how many hours do you get to sleep? And they're like, ah, I went to bed at 
12 30. I'm like, all right, what about you? How many hours do you get? I went to bed at 11 45. I'm like, God, these kids don't sleep. Okay, it's wild. Sleep. Which brings us back to the immediate start of our conversation is like the teenage janks. Like sometimes. Do you, you think that not having enough sleep helps with that? Uh, oh, it's crazy. <laughs> if you sleep, it's weird. This wild thing. And I'm saying it here on this podcast if you get enough sleep, you're <laughs> not. You know, like if you get enough sleep, you actually are better for it the next day and you're actually nicer than the next day if you get more sleep. Anyway, it's Whoa. wild. Um, if you get enough sleep, you are more resilient the next day. Yes. Because you got enough sleep. Sleep is a crazy underrated thing. Same with hydration. I don't even live by no, that. No, you can't but even talk I'm, about hydration. <laughs> and I, I can't talk about hydration, but um, as a person who's an, a night owl and not a morning person, going to bed a little bit earlier and planning my day out to be able to set aside going to bed and making that a priority in my life has been huge to me getting up for morning practice to getting up in the morning. And I think obviously I think our, our freshmen and freshmen to come will start to understand that as they're, you know, into the spring of freshman year slash beginning of sophomore year. But yeah, that's a learning curve. Same with time management, like time management, sleep, nutrition like it just comes with you mean you see a difference between seniors in college grads in college to freshmen like that's one of the things that just attributes to the differences yeah which i hope our huge class of freshmen next year um looks no so they're freshmen now they're gonna be sophomores next year yeah there's gonna be what 18 of them 70? You said freshman next year. They're gonna be sophomores. Well, whatever. They're freshmen now. So they're gonna be they're gonna be second years or sophomores next year. Yeah. I hope what they take away from this experience is that like there's so much that they can share. Mm-hmm. And there's so much information that they can share with the freshman class of what what are we in? 2022? We have three coming in next year. 2023? Mm-hmm. Are they is that 2023, 2024? Is that the season? So next year's 2023. So graduate high school in 2023. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 2023, 2024 yeah. season. Yeah. So I hope that our freshmen can share with those kids that like all the stuff that they have learned be able to set them up for success because that is what a senior class is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to ridicule the shit out of them. They're not supposed to make them feel like they don't belong. Mm -hmm. So if we can get our kids to kind of adopt that, how impactful is it going to be to have, you know, 17 people who know what they're doing? Or no, 20, because we've got sophomore and junior transfers. Um, So 20 people, 21 people that know what they're doing and that have been there before educating three wild that's insane wild it's insane to think about so takeaways from today from us as coaches who are working with an inaugural team if i could summarize get out of your comfort zone set aside the egos try new things Mm -hmm. prioritize sleep and time manage respect being a beginner again what else 
Any others? Prove yourself wrong. Prove yourself, not anybody else. Prove yourself. Prove it to yourself. Yes. Regardless of where you came from, regardless of what program, what level, what space you mm-hmm. came from, to whatever program you came from, make sure that you're doing it for you. For you. Don't prove it to anybody else but you. And if you have any questions about how to do that or what skills to work on or what you need personally to be better at, ask your coaches that recruited you, ask your peers, because tough conversations, peers that you trust, peers that you trust, because confrontation is okay and confrontation is uncomfortable. And what we just talked about, be okay with being uncomfortable. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. We like that. Hmm. I don't think you have anything else to add. But I will say, if you enjoyed this conversation, please let us know. If you want to leave a rating or a comment that helps the podcast grow and reach more people and ultimately helps our message reach more individuals like yourself. So um again if you liked what you heard please leave a rate or a comment please don't hesitate to share this with somebody that you think could use the message as well um because we love being able to reach more people and to be able to reach more athletes with conversations like these so yeah hashtag freshmen are cool freshmen are so cool (laughs) oh my god they're doing so much shit um thanks megan thanks lauren you you might be our first two point oh. I'm yes. a reoccurring guest. You might be. You might, might be, the be first. a normal. You are normal. <laughs> and nobody cares. <laughs>